Well, happy Memorial Day, everybody. I hope you're doing well today. It's uh, the beginning of summer. Uh, school is wrapping up. Uh, some of you have graduates in your home. They're set off to like know everything about everything now, and so that's coming your way. And uh, we thought it would be a good idea before the summer hits to talk about this idea of endurance. The writer of Hebrews tells us to endure this race of life, and that is a lot easier said than done. And so we come to week five of six in our series called Unstoppable. I'm really glad you're here today. My name's Todd, by the way. For those of you I don't know, for those of you who are in town for our wonderful beaches, enjoy the traffic, and thank you for contributing to the traffic uh, in our community and contributing to our community. Seriously, we're thankful for you. Uh, so anyway, uh, I joke, but I don't. So uh, anyway, I'm really glad that you're here today. Over these past few weeks, we have talked about really what, uh, what it means to endure, to be people who are unstoppable. And we've taken a look at it from several different kind of angles. We've taken a look at the fact that we have a purpose and being on purpose makes us unstoppable. And being people who prepare and plan for that purpose makes us unstoppable. We looked at the fact that uh, really dealing with the small issues of life that we think may be no big deal that end up causing a lot of problems makes us people who are unstoppable. And then last week, we talked about the importance of the big decisions uh, that we have that we're always faced with in life at certain circumstances and at certain junctures in life and how we can navigate all of those things to be people who endure to the end and, and really like run the race with endurance and finish the race of not only life but of our walk with God. And today we come to this thing called the mind and what enduring has to do with our thoughts. Now, um, scientists have figured out, experts have figured out, and, and they've kind of done some different studies and you'll, you'll get different ranges here, but um, most of the experts say, get this, that uh, the average person has between 60,000 and 80,000 thoughts per day. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, he doesn't have between 60 and 80 thoughts per day. There's no possibility that it's anywhere close to that. But experts do believe that we as humans have between 60,000 and 80,000 different thoughts throughout the day. And I, I got to be honest with you. I, I told Cynthia on the way here uh, today that uh, part of my struggle with this message is the weakness of my own mind. I mean, I've got ADD. I'm pretty sure that I've got some form of dyslexia. When I told Lindsay the other day to schedule a baptism for the, uh, I had a baptism yesterday, I scheduled a baptism for the Saturday before Labor Day instead of Memorial Day. That was a little bit of a problem. So anyway, uh, it was yesterday and all went well. But um, so like, I, I really get things confused. I have a short memory and, and, and I have great weakness when it comes to my mind. But I would imagine that that's exactly why God put these things in place for us, these guidelines, these thought principles that we're going to be taking a look at today from mainly the New Testament, really only the New Testament today that has so much to say about our mind. It, listen, uh, church, our minds are like so much of our walk with God, so much of our journey with God, and so much of our ability 
to endure this race of life has to do with our minds and what we think. And it's a little bit of um, like putting gas in our cars. We have to think about and we have to pay attention to what we're putting into our minds because what we put into our minds throughout our life will often be the thing that we produce. And so often people fail to endure the race of life to the end, endure their journey with, with the Lord to the end because they're not really paying attention to or they have kind of a casual outlook on what we put into our minds. The Bible has so much to say about this. There's so many warnings about this. And when the Apostle Paul talks about the mind, which he does a lot, we're going to be taking it four different passages that he wrote about principles that we can have about what we put in our minds. He wasn't talking about the weakness that we have in our intellect. He wasn't talking about the fact that we might forget things occasionally. Or he's not talking about the fact that we might have these limiting factors in our minds. He's talking about the fact that there is a direct connection between our minds and our heart. And so much of our actions as people have to do with the thoughts that we allow to come in to our minds. Modern psychology and science, they call this mindfulness. It's a very popular term. Some of you probably heard of it. Some of you have probably read about it. Mindfulness is a very kind of popular thing to talk about. Even in Christian communities, a lot of Christian psychologists and counselors will talk about mindfulness. But there's a difference between mindfulness, the way that the world looks at it, and the mindfulness, the way that God looks at it. Because the mindfulness of the world will tell you to empty your mind. And when we empty our minds, Satan comes along, the evil one comes along, and pushes us to a place where we probably didn't intend to go, and we fill it with what he wants. What we're going to be taking a look at today, I believe, is a recipe for thought principles that we can have that come right from God's word that will help guide our minds so that we can be people who endure to the end. And so take a look with me. We're going to be in the New Testament. We're going to be in these letters that Paul wrote. If we're going to be people who endure to the end, who are people are unstoppable, then we are going to be people who, who get control of our minds. We set our minds, we renew our minds, and we focus our minds on the things of God, the thing that we just sang about, the things that we just sang about. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we put so much thought into the songs that we sing on Sunday. Part of our goal is to get all of us, myself, our, our, our worship team, um, and, and you, to get all of us focused on, as we just sang about, the goodness of God. And so today we're going to be taking a look at these four different things, four different principles that we can have that are mind principles or thought principles that we can have in our lives to guide our minds. The first principle is that there is an ability in our lives to set our minds on something. To set our minds on something. There is this ability that we have that Paul talks about that God lays down for us that 
we have as humans where we have this ability to set our minds on one thing or another. Take a look at this from Colossians chapter 3, 2 through 10. Let's take a look at this. The Apostle Paul is writing here to the church in Colossae. He says this. He says, set your minds on things that are, what's that next word? Above. Not on the things that are on this earth. I mean, he comes right out and says it in just verse 2 of this chapter. He says in verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And in verse 5, he kind of really gets down to the heart of the matter of what it means to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked. He's painting this picture of our life before Christ and our life after Christ when you were living in them, in these things. But in verse 8, he says this, But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed. We're going to come back to that word in a moment, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Now, I got to be honest with you. When When I read this passage, there's this whole list of things that Paul gives here. There's this kind of laundry list of like, don't do things, right? It's things that we should stay away from. And he begins with, actually he begins in verse one with the heart, but he moves very quickly to the mind. And I think that there's a connection between Paul listing these things that we as Christ followers should not be a part of idolatry, sexual immorality, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk coming from your mouth, uh, mouth, not math, uh, not lying to one another. And so Paul goes into this description, but I want you to make the connection that he lists all of these things in the shadow of saying, set your mind on things above. Like there's this huge connection that Paul makes between our minds and how we are going to live. He makes this connection, and I believe what he's doing, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, is he's highlighting the importance of our minds and the importance of what we think on, the things that we dwell on. And so he says that we should set our minds on things above. What does it mean to set our minds on things above? Well, I think it means that we set our mind on things that are heavenward, that are eternal in nature, and we have the big picture of our lives here on this earth. I think that what he's talking about when he says set our minds on things that are above, he wants us to focus on the fact that this place is not our final destination. It's not our final home. Man, that's a good thing, isn't it? Even in living here, in this beauty that surrounds us, there are still problems. 
I know that some of you are here today in your vacation and you're like, there's no way that you guys could have any problems on Hilton Head Island. But we do, trust me. We do. And so what he's saying is, is that we set our minds on things above. We have a big picture of our lives. We have the heavenward picture of our final destination is not here, it's in heaven. And also when we set our minds on things above, we're about God and furthering his kingdom rather than furthering ourselves. And therein lies the tension because the tension that exists between the way that we want to think the things that we want to focus our minds on have to do with ourselves. It has to do with our promotion. It has to do with our victory. It has to do with our gain because that's part of our sin nature. It's part of what happened all the way back in the Garden of, Garden of Eden. And Paul here, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, says the best way to live is not by being focused on all of those things, but by being focused on the things that are above. And when we focus on those things that are above, then we can navigate the difficult problems in life. We can endure those moments when we lose that job that we work so hard for, or when that college acceptance letter doesn't come in the mail ever, or when that friend betrays us, or when our air conditioning goes down in the middle of May, right before summer. We can endure to the end when we have the big picture of what God is doing when our focus is on things that are above. When I was a kid, um, I, my mom and dad for Christmas, um, one year they bought me a microscope. I had no interest in anything scientific whatsoever, but I got a microscope for Christmas. I'm, you probably had one of those as well. And um, when I was really little, I got mixed up between a microscope and a telescope every time I talked about it. Did you do that when you were a kid? Like we get mixed up between microscope and telescope. And so I would say to my dad or my mom something about the stars. And I'd say, let's go out there and get the, get the microscope and look at the stars. And they go, no, 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 you got this wrong. You got this wrong. You look at this again, you know, it's probably, you know, that dyslexia thing going on. But anyway, so like, like they'd say, you know, microscope is for looking at small things. Telescope is for looking at the things that are out there and being able to see the bigger picture of what's going on in the greater picture. And I believe that sometimes we get so focused on the microscopic things of our lives that we lose the big picture, the telescope picture of what God is doing in all of creation and how we're a part of that. And I believe he wants us to switch he wants us to switch to have that big picture, picture view. It's a bit like um, when he says, set your mind on things that are above. It's a bit like a, a pilot who would hear from the air traffic control the heading that he's supposed to go in, the altitude that he's supposed to get up to, um, the speed that he's supposed to be going at, he or she is supposed to be going at, and at some point in time, they put it on autopilot. That's setting our mind on things above. But we all know, we all know that in this life, it's not that easy, is it? Our minds don't do very well on autopilot, do they? And so that leads us to the second principle of what we can do to set our minds and have minds that endure to the end and have thoughts that endure to the end. And that is, is not just set our minds on things above, but be people that renew our minds daily. Be people that renew our minds daily. 
Paul, in writing his letter to the church in Rome, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, says this. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not, he says, be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now there's this phrase in there that is so important. And listen, I want you to hear this church. If you don't hear anything else today, hear hear this. This is probably one of the most important verses in in all of scripture. In fact, when I was growing up, it was one of the very first verses that um, we had to memorize as as a family and in my school and that sort of thing. I went to a Christian school. So yeah, we had to memorize the Bible verses. Um, and, And so we memorized this verse, these two verses here. But there's this phrase transformed be transformed by the renewal of your what does paul say there your mind he's once again highlighting the importance and kind of focusing on the the importance of the mind in our spiritual walk and in spiritual things and he says be transformed by the renewal the word transform there is is the same word that we get in the english language for metamorphosis isn't that awesome isn't that great i mean paul is saying here that we need to have a transformation a metamorphosis from the old life to the new life a change that once we become Christ followers, once we put our faith in Jesus for salvation, that we do change, that there's a transformation that's going to happen. But in the word, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Paul gives an indication in the way that the language is uh, a place there that this is an ongoing transformation. It's kind of like he's saying, keep on being transformed by the continual renewal of your mind. And the reason I love that so much is that it's not easy for us to have our minds set on autopilot. There are times in our lives when trouble comes, when disappointment comes our way, when we struggle through life, when we're not going to be very focused on the things above when we're sitting in traffic on our way to the beach (laughs) and everybody is bumper to bumper and and people are irritable and you're irritable and your family's screaming and yelling at you and like it's hard to be focused on things above when that's going on isn't it and so paul here once again inspired by god's holy spirit tells us that the transformation of our mind is a continual process and that's why i said daily renew your mind daily the third endurance thought principle that we have is not just the renewal of our mind the daily renewal of our mind but it kind of gives us an indication of how we can do that and that is is how we control our mind check out paul's letter i love this to the church in corinth at second corinthians verse uh, chapter 10 verses 1 through 6 check this out i love this because this relates to the renewal So we have this idea of renewing our mind, having our mind set on things above, and then thirdly, 
controlling our mind. Paul says this, I, Paul, entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am humble when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I'm away. In other words, when he writes to them, he's bold with them. He says in verse 2, I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging a war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not, not of the flesh, but have the divine power to destroy strongholds. He's talking about how we have this ability because we are in Christ to defeat the strongholds of life. But look at what he says or how he says we go about that in verse 5 and 6. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And in verse 5 there, he, he makes this statement that is such an important statement when it comes to our minds. He says, take every thought captive. I think here's what Paul is saying. I think Paul is saying here that we don't... we can't control everything that comes into our minds. There are going to be things that enter our minds that are going to pull us down, that are going to cause us to be challenged in our obedience to Christ, in our following Christ. But I believe what he's saying there is to take those thoughts when they enter our mind, to take them captive, to buy God's power take control over those thoughts and either eradicate or eliminate them or put them away in because it's part of our past. And Paul here is saying that sometimes we don't have the choice of what enters our mind, but listen, Christ follower, we do have the choice of what we do with that thought. If we dwell on that thing that's going to lead us to evil, if we dwell on that thing that's going to lead us to a lack of confidence, that if we dwell on that, that thought that comes into our mind that's going to cause us to question our faith in Christ. And so Paul is saying, once it comes into our mind, to take it captive. How many of you have ever had moles tear up your yard? Yeah, that happens a lot around here, doesn't it? And I remember uh, the first few years that I lived here, um, I, I was looking for every kind of, um, like, you know, way to eliminate the moles as possible. I, I looked online. I saw some things that were a little scary, to be honest with you, okay? Like, I would not do some of the things I saw online. And finally, I went over to Lowe's, and, and, and I asked the guy one day, I'm like, how in the world do I get rid of these moles? He said, well, you're not going to get rid of the moles. You're going to get rid of what they eat, the mole cricket, I'm like, all right, now we're on to something. And for $10, I was able to put stuff on my yard that got rid of all the insects in my yard. Well, maybe not all of them, but the ones that the moles liked. And guess what? I didn't have any moles. And I think that sometimes we forget that there's a connection in our spiritual lives between our senses and our mind. 
And we might try as hard as we can to not let those things enter our minds and not to dwell on those thoughts that we have that keep us from having this great, like, you know, abundant relationship with, with Jesus. But sometimes we're focused on the wrong thing. Man, I was focused on the wrong thing. I was trying to kill or capture the mole. What I should have been doing was killing or capturing the mole cricket. And church, myself included, sometimes our greatest struggle with our mind is really a struggle with our senses, with what we allow ourselves to see and to hear and to be a part of and to touch and taste and even smell. And sometimes it's those things that cause us to go down that, that path that we need to take captive, those things that we have in our senses that will inevitably enter our minds. And that's part of taking every thought captive and controlling our mind. And lastly, this last thought principle is that we can focus our mind. See, here's the thing I love about Scripture. Scripture doesn't just give a list of don'ts. Scripture doesn't say empty your mind and just allow life to happen. I love it. God's word gives us the plan. It gives us the recipe of not only what we're not supposed to do, but it gives us the recipe of what we are to do. And the Apostle Paul talks about focusing our mind in Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Check this out. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. He says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And then in verse 8, here's the recipe. Here's the recipe, church. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything that's excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It's right there. It's right there. But how often, how often, do we create a life and create a day and create an hour where we're thinking about those things of God? How often do we take seriously what comes into our mind and what our mind dwells upon? As God would have it, as I was leading up to this message, he convicted me about several things that I needed to do to focus on his goodness like that song we just sang about. The goodness of God, the excellent, the true, the praiseworthy things. And church, if we're going to be people who endure to the end, we're going to be people who have these principles of renewing our mind, of allowing God to, to control our mind, to absolutely being focused on the taking every thought captive and controlling those things that come into our minds. And if we're going to be people who don't let the evil and the, the, the vile things of this world bring us down, 
We're going to create our lives and create our days and create our world with our focus heavenward, with our focus Godward, with our minds set on the things of him. When we do that, when we lean into the goodness of God, then we can get control over the struggle that we may have with the sins that Paul listed, with all of those evils, with the sexual immorality, with all the different things that he listed. When we get our minds focused on the goodness of God, then we can get control over the negative thoughts that the bullies in our lives try to feed us and that the evil one tries to lead us down this path where we lose confidence in ourselves and more importantly, lose confidence in God. And when we focus our minds on things and the goodness of God, then we can get control over the evil and the hate that we have for a people or a person. My challenge to us today is, church, if we're going to be people who are unstoppable, we're going to take seriously the things that enter our mind. We may have six or we may have 60,000 thoughts every day. What are you going to do today? What am I going to do today to focus our lives and to order our lives where we're focused on the goodness of God. We pray with me this morning. God, I just pray right now in this place for those who walked in here and they're Christ followers and they've really been struggling with the things of their mind. Not that they have a weak mind, not that they struggle with remembering things, not all of these things, but they have kind of ordered their life and ordered their day in a way that focuses their mind on the things of this world and not the things from above. And God, because of what you did by sending your son Jesus to the cross, because of what you did by dying for our sins, rising again three days later, because of what you did on Calvary, because of what you did on the cross, we are in you. And we have access to your power to overcome these things. We have all the goodness of who you are and what you've done for us in our lives to help guide our our minds our eyes, our senses towards the things of you. And Father, right now, I pray in the strong name of Jesus for the person who's in here and their mind is continually drawn back to something evil. Maybe it's a sexual thing, maybe it's a sexual sin, or maybe it's idolatry of some sort. Maybe it's the voices that they hear that lead them have a horrible self-image. Maybe God right now, someone is in here and the thought that always comes to their mind is something of worry. Maybe it's worry that has even become their idol. Maybe it's possession and greed. Father, whatever it is in our lives, would you Holy Spirit reveal that to us right now
And God, may we give that to you. May we lay it at your feet. And more importantly, God, may we allow our minds to be set on the things above, to be renewed by you, continually renewed, daily renewed. God, may we think on the things that are good and lovely and pure and excellent, which are the things of you. God, help each one of us in this place to be people who endure to the end because we take control of what we think about. God, the world and the things around us are vying for our mind. And God, once our minds get turned away from you, the next thing that goes is our heart. God, may we be a people who have a heart for you and keep our minds pure, not just for the sake of being better, but God, for the sake of being people who are fully ready to do your work, to be pure, to have clean hands and a pure heart. God, may we be people who truly give every part of ourselves, beginning with our minds, to you. Help us to endure to the end. And I pray all of this in the strong and the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.